You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. Mark chapter 3, beginning in verse 4, it says, John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance. Someone say repentance. For the forgiveness, for forgiveness of sin. And all the country of Judea and Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I. I, that the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. He says this, I have baptized with water, but he, or Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit fire. I came to tell you this morning that different kind of tongues expand spiritual territory. The title of this message this morning is Expanding Spiritual Territory, The Gift of Different Kinds of Tongues. Let's pray. So Lord, we declare this is your house. We say, have your way. Father, I thank you for your word today. And I declare that your word is true and that every man's a liar. We declare it's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Father, we hide your word in our heart that we will not sin against you. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you breathe upon that logos word, that written word. I pray it become rhema, become alive today. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying. I pray that you would give us minds to understand it and hearts to receive it. We declare today day that there's no spirit but the Holy Spirit is welcome here. We say spirit of fear, you have to go. We say any distraction spirits, you have to go. Every lying tormenting spirits, you have to go. Spirit of oppression, you have to go. We say Holy Spirit come, rule and reign in this place. Holy Spirit, we will not just make room for you, but we give you the entire room. Father, I thank you. No one came to hear me. We all came to hear you. So we say speak Lord. Your servants are listening. And all God's people said amen and amen. Well, this morning we are celebrating Pentecost Sunday. And with that, we are stewarding this prophetic word of 2022. The Lord spoke to us and said this was a year of expanding territory. How many are stewarding that word? This is the first Chronicles 4.10 year. This is a year that, oh, he would bless us indeed, expand our territory, put his hand of favor upon us and keep us from evil. Come on, how many are praying that over your lives and your family every single day? Steward that word. And then God said that we're entering a season where we were going to expand spiritual territory. How do you expand spiritual territory through the gifts of the Spirit? The gifts of the Spirit are what expands spiritual territory. We have nine gifts of the Spirit according to 1 Corinthians. We have wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, power, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and distinguishing between the spirits. All of these gifts are available to us to expand spiritual territory. Let's go over very briefly the five W's of these gifts. Who are they for? They are for everyone, according to 1 Corinthians 12. What are the gifts of the Spirit used for? They are spiritual tools to advance the kingdom or expand territory. Where are these gifts from? According to James 1.17, all these gifts are from God. 
And when were these gifts given? Well, they were given after Jesus ascended or the day of Pentecost, according to Acts 2, which we're celebrating today. And why are these so important? Because these are the power that Jesus promised in Acts chapter 1 to expand spiritual territory. So when I say Pentecost, I'm referring to Acts chapter 2, but there's actually two Pentecosts that the Bible speaks of. The first Pentecost, or that word Pentecoste, it, it just actually means the 50th day. So Pentecost means the 50th day or the 50th day after Easter. So we had the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, which is the 50th day after, after Easter. But the original Pentecost was uh, many years beforehand. See, we get the original Pentecost from Exodus 19 and 20. This is known as the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot. So this is when... Uh, Moses went up to go be with the Lord and God gave him the law or gave him the word. So on the original Pentecost, the word was given. Then in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, the spirit was given. So on the first one, the word was given. On the second one, the spirit was given. The day of Pentecost is when Jesus, when God gives gifts to his children. He gave us the word and he gave us the spirit. Someone shout amen for that. So what happened was this, is this was actually the birthing of the New Testament church. So in Acts chapter 1, God gives, or, or Jesus prophesied, wait for the gift that's coming. In Acts chapter 1. Then Acts chapter 2, the disciples are in the upper room. It says these tongues came and rested upon them. They all started speaking in new tongues according to Acts chapter 2. It's in your notes. And then right after that, Peter gets up and begins to preach. And scripture says 3,000 people got saved. Why is that important? Because the New Testament church was birthed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The church was formed with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Today, we're gonna to be talking about this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, and to be specific, the gifts of various kinds of tongues. Now, before we begin, I wanna apologize. And the reason why I wanna apologize is I wanna apologize for two things. I wanna apologize for poor teachers that have not taught this properly with either bad or incomplete theology that has led people astray or any kind of manipulation that's taken place. I'm gonna show you the beauty of this spiritual gift. The next thing I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird with or without the Holy Spirit. So if you're weird without the Holy Spirit, you're gonna be weird with the Holy Spirit. A couple weeks ago it was a Friday night and I was driving home and I saw grown adults dressed up as stuffed animals with big wings and glitter all over themselves walking down to Panther Pavilion. And they write articles about us. <laughs> Some people drive by themselves alone in cars and wear masks. It's with or without the Holy Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be weird. We joke about this. We joke about this. 
But so many people in mercy culture constantly get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you know on the first Sunday we ever had a church service on Easter Sunday, some person came in from out of town on business, was in our worship service, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then comes back to mercy culture every year just to thank the Lord for that gift? We have people in small groups getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. We had a, a, a little six-year-old girl at Justice Night at the altar get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and just a few kids were around her praying for her, got, got her prayer language right here just a few Wednesday nights ago. This happens constantly. This has, been, this has been a part of my life, my entire life. One of my favorite things is watching people receive their prayer language, seeing people get baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's something that changes in your spiritual walk forever when you get this. I met Heather, and on our third date, she got baptized in the Holy Ghost. It was our third date, and we're in the car, and I said to her, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? You speak in tongues? And she's like, what's that? I was dating a sinner. True story, she was a teenage drug addict, alcoholic. The Lord says, she's your wife. I'm like, okay, we'll disciple her. Let's get her filled with the Holy Ghost. And so on our third date, she speaks in tongues. Spiritual ones, not the ones that you're used to. It's quiet in this church. And I, I, I taught her about it right there in the car. We prayed together. She gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. We're just praying in tongues. I tell you what, it was so important to me that the girl that I was dating or who would marry embrace this spiritual gift because I knew how bad she would need it in life. This is something that will change your spiritual walk forever. So when we talk about speaking in tongues or we talk about various kinds of tongues, we're talking about the gift in 1 Corinthians 12, 2, excuse me, 12, 10. And it says this, to yet another working of miracles to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between the spirits, talked about that a few weeks ago, and to another, look at this, various kinds of tongues. When we say various kinds of tongues, we're talking about the ability to pray or speak messages, mysteries of God, and strengthen the spirit of a man through a heavenly language. The Amplified said various kinds of tongues or unknown tongues. The NIV says different kinds of tongues. That word different or varied means in the Greek ienos, which means categories. Now this is really important because we've missed this in the body of Christ where people have talked about tongues like there's only one. Look at this. Look at your Bible. It says various or different kinds of tongues. There is not one tongue. There are multiple categories of tongues, and I want to teach you about them today. So of these categories, there's two primary categories. The first is a public tongue, and the second is a private tongue, or we'll call it a personal prayer language. So there's two kinds of tongues, a public, someone say public, or personal, say personal. So a public tongue is a word from God, or tongues, that is used to give a message that needs understanding or interpretation. So we see this in Acts chapter two. This was, one, one part of this was a word that is spoken in a new language. Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost, I just referred to it a moment ago. Each of them were speaking in their own language according to verse six. In verse 11 it says, the Jews and proselytes they were able to hear them telling in their own tongues the mighty works of God. 
So what happened on Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, is everybody began to speak in different languages all at once. And then people recognized these different languages clearly from people that didn't speak the languages. This was a sign and a wonder. This has happened all throughout history. This happens on a regular basis. In fact, Pastor Les was telling me a story when he went on a missions trip to India. He's in India, and there's this uh, lady who was a preacher in India. She got radically saved, went back to her village in the jungle, started telling people about Jesus, and, and, a, and a church just kind of started because she just went and evangelized. And then the, this big, big gathering of all these churches and people that were there, and the power of God hit the place, and, and, and people are falling out in the power, and God's moving, and this lady starts praying in perfect English over Israel. And Pastor Les is looking at us like, I didn't know this lady spoke English. And went up to the, the, the guy that led the thing. And he's like, you didn't tell me she spoke English. We had an interpreter the whole time. And he says, she doesn't speak English. Pastor Les is like, no, no, I just heard her speak perfect English. He said, brother, do you not read your Bible? This is a gift of tongues that the Bible teaches about. Pastor Les is like, no, we're from America. We don't believe these things. I'm joking but it's kind of true, isn't it? Where God uses these gifts to bring messages. These are beautiful signs to unbelievers. The other kind of public tongue is a prophetic word in tongues that requires interpretation for understanding. We see this in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26, it says this. What then shall I say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a psalm or a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All of these must be done to build up the church. Let's just read that again out loud. All of these must be done to build up the church. For everybody that comes against these, all of these must be done to build up the church. If anyone speaks in tongues, two or at most three should speak in turn, and then someone must interpret. But if there's no interpreter, then he should remain silent or not the primary public attention in the church and speak only to himself and God. This is the gift of someone has a revelatory word, a prophetic word in tongues for the congregation, then there needs to be an interpreter to interpret that word or no one knows what they're saying. The second category is the private tongue or the personal prayer language. This is what we call praying in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says this, for he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 says this, for to God revealed them through the spirit that the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. When you are praying in the Holy Spirit, you are uttering mysteries and you are reaching the depths of God. I'll share a little more in a moment. I wanna tell you why I love praying in the Holy Spirit so much. This is not a sermon that I put together. This is a, a 30 year journey of my life praying in the Holy Ghost. When I was a boy, I was about 10 years old, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit on a Sunday night in a little fireside room. 
And this little old lady came to the front, and there's about 30 kids, uh, junior hires, and, and different kids in the room. And she said, whoever wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, come put your hand in mine. And the moment I came down, and we all came together, come like a huddle, like a team does, and started praying. Instantly, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues for the first time. I began doing this my entire life. I was just, just constantly would pray in the Holy Spirit. And one specific day, I, I was an evangelist. I'm in, I'm in my mid-20s, and, and I asked the Lord a question. I was on a prayer run, and I asked the Lord a question. I said, Lord, I said, how, how do I hear you so clearly? What things in my life have caused me to hear you so clearly. And the moment I asked him that question, all of a sudden, I started seeing vision after vision after vision. Now, when I say vision, what I mean is a spiritual daydream. I saw these daydreams go before me. And I saw over and over and over me asking the Lord questions as a young man, as a teenager. I saw myself asking the Lord questions and then I saw myself praying in the Holy Spirit and then the Lord constantly giving me the answers to them. Now, here's the thing, is a lot of us get frustrated or give up or we talk to God once every few months and then we're frustrated when we don't immediately hear when God speaks back to us. But a true relationship with the Lord is an ongoing, continual conversation, relationship, and friendship. It's kind of like this. Here's how I describe it. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's more than, than just deciding where you're going to go eat for dinner. It's more like deciding where you're going to move and what you're going to do with the rest of your life or purposes. Have you ever got together with your spouse and had an ongoing, continuing conversation that lasted maybe days, weeks, or months? Where you're continuing to go over the same information to try to get in unity. Maybe before you make a big move or something like that. But it's a conversation that you have to have and you want to make sure that you're making the right decision. That's how it looks like this when God speaks to you. Is you ask him a question. And then moments later or days later, when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden the answer to the question that you asked him previously comes when you're praying in the Holy Spirit. And I found that this happened over and over and over in my life that it became so easy to hear God when I was praying in the Holy Spirit. Let me give you some scriptures that support this. John 16, 12 says this. This is Jesus speaking. I still have many things to say to you. Someone say many things. But you can't bear them now. But when the spirit of truth or the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you in truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Someone say he will speak. And he will declare the things that are to come. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you will hear God speak to you. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, for, he, for the one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men but to God. It says, for no one understands him, or he utters mysteries in the Spirit. You know what mysteries in the Spirit is? It's the secrets of God. That word in the Greek means counsel, the secret plan that he shares with his people. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you get the mysteries of God. Ah, this is how you get the answers for what you don't know what you're supposed to do. 
This is where you get the insights, the direction, the revelation on what tomorrow looks like. This is when you start feeling fear because you see it propagated in the news constantly and they want to make you afraid of everything, the economy, rogue gunmen, food shortages, whatever it is that they're trying to put fear in your face in the moment. And this is where you have no fear of tomorrow because you have this intimate relationship with the Lord that no matter what happens, watch, he's going to guide you and lead you. I want you to hear my heart on this. This is really important. The goal is not to speak in tongues. Because I know a lot of people that speak in tongues on Sunday and then gossip on Monday. It's not to speak in tongues. The goal is to encounter God. That's the goal. And I found that I encounter God and hear him the most when I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. The second reason why I love praying in the Holy Spirit and why I do this every day is I experience deliverance. See, in church, we, we, we think of deliverances when you have an addiction and you can't break a habit, and so you come and you need deliverance. That's not all of deliverance. Deliverance is anytime there's something on you or in you that you're not supposed to be carrying or holding. And I get delivered from the Lord about four times a year. And I look forward to it because there'll be things on me that are heavy. There'll be things on me that are weighing me down. There'll be things on me that are burdens. And I'll have one encounter with God and I'll experience his supernatural deliverance. I'll give you a story about how the Lord revealed this to me. It was years ago and I got a call late at night, about 11 o'clock at night from a young man that, that I mentored. And this young man happens to struggle with same-sex attractions. He calls me, he says, he says, Pastor Lane, I'm just struggling. I'm struggling. It's just, it's just, it's not going away and the temptation isn't going away. And, 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 and this is a beautiful young man that loves the Lord, loves the things of God, but this is what he's tempted with. And how many know you don't get to choose your temptation? But you choose how you respond to your temptation. And, I, and, and, and we're there together on the phone and I said, where are you? And he, he, he lives in a few states away. And he said, I'm driving on the freeway. I said, pull over. And he pulls over. And, and what came up in my spirit was, I asked him, I said, when was the last time you prayed in the Holy Ghost? He started going, uh, uh, uh. Kind of sounded like he was speaking in tongues, but it wasn't. It was confusion. <laughs> and, I, and I found out that, that most Christians that, that have their prayer language, when you ask them how often they pray in the Holy Ghost, it's, it's like when you're at the dentist and he's like, uh, how often are you flossing? And you're like, ah, uh, not every day. In fact, last time I flossed, you did it. <laughs> Just kidding, that's disgusting, that's disgusting. But that's how we are with praying with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember the last time I did it. Listen, the goal's not to get filled with the Holy Ghost and pray one time on a Wednesday night to prove you're spiritual. He said, I don't remember. I said, let's pray in the Holy Ghost together. So I started praying in the Holy Ghost. He started praying in the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, the presence of God just whoosh, falls. I mean, I feel the tangible presence of God like I did in worship today. And I said... Did you feel that? He goes, whoa. I said, where's your temptation right now? He said, pastor, just lift it. Hold on, hold on. I'm not that smart. But I was like, if this young man that's struggling with the attack of same-sex attraction, if he could get delivered when I'm facing my attacks, 
So when I feel witchcraft coming against me, I pray in the Holy Ghost. When I feel anxiety attacking me, I pray in the Holy Ghost. When I feel demonic oppression, I pray in the Holy Ghost. When I feel that paralyzing fear, I pray in the Holy Ghost. Watch. And what happens is I see, I experience the same deliverance that we felt in that moment you can experience all the time. Oh, watch this. Could it be that so many Christians are carrying around the weight and the demonic attacks that you don't have to if you would just utilize the gift. You know what's interesting is there arguably in the scripture outside of Jesus, but definitely outside of Jesus. I don't know if there is any individual that experienced more hardships, pains, and attacks than the Apostle Paul. I met constant shipwrecks, imprisonments, beatings, stonings, uh, uh, warring against Pharisees, Sadducees, and religious leaders. I mean, just constant. Like his whole life was just warfare. And the Apostle Paul says this about speaking in tongues in 1 Corinthians 14, 18. Paul said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Hold on. Could it be that Paul had a revelation that we need? That a secret strategy for deliverance, when I'm facing hardship, when I'm facing persecution, when I'm facing imprisonment, when I'm facing rejection, when I'm facing demons, that the strategy isn't to pray in tongues less, but the strategy is to pray in the Holy Spirit even more. I'm telling you, this is a spiritual strategy of supernatural deliverance third reason that I love praying in the Holy Ghost is I get spiritually stronger. Jude one twenty, it's up on the screen all the time. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy of faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Ah. When you pray in tongues, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you physically, you spiritually get stronger. He builds up your spirit, man or woman. First Corinthians 14, 4 says this. Anyone who speaks in tongues, look at this, edifies themselves. Do you know what edifies themselves mean? It means this in the Greek. It means to build a strong house. When you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you are building this strong house. You are building the temple of the Lord that you are, the carrier of the Holy Spirit. Listen, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're building up your marriage. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you are building up your family, your children. Listen, when you're experiencing warfare in your home, pray in the Holy Ghost. Let me give you some practical advice. Pray in the Holy Ghost around your children more. Husbands, fathers, listen to me. Your family needs to hear you pray in the Holy Ghost. They need to wake up in the morning and find you praying in the Holy Ghost. They need to come in out of their rooms and find you praying in the Holy Ghost. Listen, they need glimpses of the spiritual strength that you carry in your home. Some practical advice. Intentionally pray in the Holy Ghost in front of your family members. Let me give you one more practical advice. Pray in the Holy Ghost every day. Every day. This is so important. This is not a Pentecost Sunday message moment. I'm going to say this again. This is not a one-time thing where you come to the altar, you get a prayer language, you should have bought a Honda, and then that's it. 
I'm being silly. That's not the goal, guys. The goal is to encounter God and continuously spiritual grow. We've made the object of spiritual uh, height or the goal of spirituality to get a prayer language. That's, 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 that's one of the starting points. That's, that's not the end goal. I pray in the Holy Ghost every single day. This morning I was on the trail praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying for you, praying for this service. I'm running, praying in the Holy Ghost. I got my mouth open, just praying out loud, just me and no one else. I'm running, and, and it's actually this weird, funny thing this morning. I, have you ever seen those, like, I don't know what they are, but they're like clouds of like little, tiny little fly gnat things. And I'm running, praying in the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden it's like quack, 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 quack. I swallowed like 20 of them. And then they stay around you for some reason and they hover. So I'm running this morning and I'm like whapping them away like this. Just out there dancing like David danced. The lesson is praying the Holy Ghost despite the situation. So let me say it like this. How many want to hear God clearly? How many want to experience deliverance on a regular basis? And how many want to spiritually get stronger? Really what you're saying is you want the gift of the speaking in tongues. No one ever just told it to you like that. They're like, hey, you want to babble on a Wednesday night? You're like, no. Right? Because they didn't say what this is. If they told you what it really was, if it was taught correctly and said, hey, do you want this gift that you need to go and expand spiritual territory? You would say, of course. This gift expands spiritual territory. And don't you think it's interesting that the enemy so passionately resists it? It's kind of like this, when I see everyone of global leaders who I do not trust all saying one thing, I typically use caution about that thing. Okay, so if people that are mean, hateful, have no fruit of the spirit and don't, don't reflect the love of God or the life of God or the power of God are against this and demons are against it, it might be because there's something beautiful and powerful in it that God has for you. There's a demonic strategy to keep you from embracing this gift. There's a demonic strategy to keep you from using this gift every day. So I want to answer a few different things about this. When we say when there's, there's common questions about speaking in tongues. Anytime you bring it up, I hear tons of questions. I chose five that I want to address this morning. So first question I hear when speaking in tongues is this, is when I was saved, I was taught that I received all of God and didn't need any more. Do we really need anything else? This is a common thing. So let me just take a quick poll. Uh, if you have spiritually grown since you've been a member or started attending Mercy Culture, let me see your hands. If you spiritually grow. Okay, that's a lot of hands. Okay, that's pretty, pretty good testimony to go through MC Connect. Okay, so the funny thing is our church is only three years old. So you've grown in less than three years, unless you're an OG and you're here when we started at the high school. So let me ask you this question. If you've spiritually grown since you've got saved, let me see your hands. So you've grown more in God, more in revelations, more in gift, more in intimacy. So the concept that you get all of God when you got saved is ridiculous. Not only is it ridiculous, but it's actually prideful. 
Because according to the book of Revelation, there are angels that circle the throne room of God declaring holy, holy, holy constantly. That circle his throne. What? That every time they go around God and see a new aspect of him, they cry holy. They're in the presence of God every moment of the day and still being impacted by the grandeur and the newness of God. But you got all of God there is to get in one moment. Let me give you a, a biblical reference just, just so I can put your mind at ease. In Acts chapter 19, verse 1, Acts 19, 1, it says, Apollos was in Corinth. Paul passed through the interior and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples or followers of Jesus and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they answered. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in new tongues and prophesied. So in Acts 19, there's followers of Jesus or believers that are actively following Jesus but never heard about the Holy Spirit. And then when Paul met them, introduced the Holy Spirit to them, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. This is really important. There are always areas that you can grow and get more of God in. No matter how long you've been serving the Lord. In fact, you really know someone's spirituality by the humility that they have about their spirituality. Because the more I grow in God, the more I realize I don't know much. Like, I, 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 I'm not impressed by my spirituality. The more I grow, I'm like actually like, man, there's so much more that I can learn and grow and receive from God. Number two, question, can everyone speak in tongues? Emphatically, yes. Everyone can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and everyone can have a prayer language or pray in the Holy Ghost or tongues. Ephesians 5, 18, it says, do not be drunk with wine, but it be, that is for debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 is a, a, a command, be filled with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 30 says, do all have the gifts? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But greater, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. Those are questions. They're not statements. Just because you don't yet doesn't mean you can't. This is important. I don't think that God has a giving problem. I think we have a receiving problem. Matthew 21, 22 says this, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. How about Matthew 7, 11? It says, for if sinful people know how good it is to give gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those that ask him? Listen, the secret is just asking God and not at two times where you ask him and you give up or at 10 times you ask him and give up. Or like the lady that came on our opening Sunday, a 16 years of asking him and giving up. But how many know that he's a good father and he will give generously, watch, to all those that ask? It's important to understand that all of us walk in some of the gifts, but some of us walk in, the all, in all of the gifts. Number three question. Do you need an interpreter to speak in tongues? The answer is only for a public word in tongues meant for the entire congregation that needs an interpretation. First Corinthians 14 talks about this. It says this, 
in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, what should we say then, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation. All these must be done to build up the church. If anyone speaks in tongues, two or at most three should speak in turn, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, he shall remain silent in the church and speak only to himself and God. Next week, Dr. Michael Brown's gonna come and teach on the gift of interpretation of tongues, and he's gonna talk even more about this interpretation gift. But many times people confuse, watch this, a public word of prophecy that needs interpretation with a personal prayer language in a public setting. So they have tried to take the guidelines for both gifts and apply it to the various kinds of tongues. That's why at Mercy Culture, when we sing in the spirit, which the word of God tells us to do, we'll say, hey, we're not prophesying in tongues. We're using our prayer language right now because people have been mistaught for so many years that you can never in a corporate settings ever speak in tongues unless there's an interpretation. But here's the problem. In Acts chapter 2, God interpreted. In Acts chapter 10, when Gentiles were baptized in the Holy Spirit, no one interpreted it. In Acts chapter 19, there was no interpretation when they spoke in tongues that I read to you earlier. So you have multiple New Testament examples of gatherings of believers that spoke in tongues without interpretation. How is that accurate? Because they were not public words that needed interpretation. They were personal prayer languages that were used in these settings. So the real thing is this, this is so important. First Corinthians 14 tells us the strategy for this. Look at this. First Corinthians 14, six, now brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless... I just want to stop for a second. I love God's word. Because we read scriptures like this and we say, how will it benefit you? And we stop like it won't benefit you. But there's a word up there that says, unless. Speaking in tongues in corporate settings will not benefit, watch, unless I bring you a revelation, a knowledge, a prophecy or teaching. This is so incredible. When we're in settings like this and Pastor Jasmine Wheeler starts singing in the spirit, all of a sudden, God starts speaking. He starts ministering. He starts moving. And someone who's hosting the service, all of a sudden, God starts giving words to them. Or God starts prompting something for my message. Or, or another ministry moment that happens. Or a word of prophecy like last service that broke out and people were prophesying all over the place. Watch. Spiritual activity. Or watch. An expansion of territory spiritually begins to take place. Watch. Through the activation of the gift of various tongues. So why do you think there's so many dry churches with irrelevant teachings and no move of the Holy Spirit? Because we've thrown out, watch, the gifts of the Spirit, watch, that activate so many other gifts. So what is Paul doing in 1 Corinthians? This is so important you understand context. He is bringing order. Someone say order. See, Paul was bringing the order to the church of Corinth that we need in the church today. So the church of Corinth was wild. It was out of control. You got people sleeping around, pastors sleeping, infidelity. You have women that are interrupting church services and you got people that are getting filled with the Holy Spirit having sermons in tongues. It's crazy. It's the, it's the 
beginning place of church hurt happened at Church of Corinth. And Paul comes and he's bringing order. And as he's bringing order, he's clear, don't forbid this gift. This is an important gift. I speak in tongues more than all of you. And despite all of his warnings of how important this gift is, what people walk away with is, I don't want to speak in tongues. The key is this. Paul was saying, in public settings, do not bring attention to yourself. The women that are interrupting church services and bringing attention to themselves, you got to be quiet. You individuals that are standing up speaking in tongues, you got to stop that. He was bringing order to this church and to this body. So here's what we need to understand is the key to this is there's order. So what does order look like? You never bring attention to yourself. You always give attention to God. So if you stand up at a church service and start speaking in tongues really loud and interrupt the message, you're out of order. And someone will help you find a seat in the parking lot. I had one lady come to me or message me. She's like, is it okay if I come to church and blow my shofar? I'm like, no. She's like, you guys are just grieving the spirit. No, no, no. You're rebellious in the spirit. Here's what I said to her. I said, can I come to your house and rearrange your furniture and, and, and put my family pictures in your house? She's like, well, that would be weird. As weird it is you trying to come into this house and redecorate. Watch. See, what we've done is people that are rebellious and out of order have come into the church. They've taken over. It's been a hostile takeover. And you haven't had apostolic leaders, spiritual fathers and mothers like, hey, no, 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 no. You can't do that in your rebellion. You're bringing attention to yourself. Stop. And because they didn't bring order, they're like, hey, just we're, no, no one's allowed to do that anymore. We don't want the gifts. We don't want tongues. We don't want prophecy. We don't want to move of the spirit. We just want to control and people to come and be happy for 40 minutes. Listen, the key is order. And you know the beautiful thing is when things are done in order, oh man, the gifts fire. There's this moment in the last service, I hope it comes again in this service, the spirit of prophecy after we prayed in the Holy Ghost, the spirit of prophecy just started just falling on people, people praying all over this place. It was beautiful. I don't even know all that happened. I hear this all the time. Well, we don't want any parking lot prophets at our church. I want people prophesying in the parking lot, in the foyer, in the balcony, in MC Central, in MC Connect, and in the children's ministry, and on the stage. I want them everywhere. What you really mean is we don't want rebellious people that are unsubmitted, out of order, hijacking the church. Can I get a hoot hoot? If you're new, it's too hard to explain that. So Paul says, when you speak in tongues, there will be revelation, knowledge, prophecy, and teaching. I gotta hurry. My next question. How do I know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. You don't. But that's the beauty of it. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says this. For one who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. He utters mysteries in the spirit. I already told you what that means. So watch. When you are praying in tongues, this is so important you hear this. You are speaking in a heavenly language. Now, why is that important? Because originally on earth, everyone spoke the same language. We don't know what language it was. But there's this place called Babel in the book of Genesis. 
And the Babel was the place of pride where they came together in unity and said, we can get to heaven on our own. We don't need God. We could access heavenly places without him. Watch. And God said, I'm going to come and confuse or scatter languages and I'm going to make you babble. I'm going to bring confusion to your languages. Now, this is important because there's a prophetic word that has to do with Babel from Genesis 11 to the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And it's found in the book of Zephaniah. Not a lot of people are familiar with this passage. It says this in Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9, a prophetic word. It says this, then, for, then I will restore to the people a pure language that they may call on my name and serve him. Look at this, in one accord. Zephaniah says, I'm going to bring a purity back, watch, to your language, your heart's desire, and you will be restored. Look at this, in one accord. Now, is it interesting because in Acts chapter 2, it says they were in the upper room and all of them were in one accord. So watch, where Babel was the place that languages were scattered because they were trying to access heaven in the flesh. Watch, tongues is the place where language is restored and you access the heavens through the Spirit. So you don't know what you're saying. But God will bring revelation as you pray. Last question people ask. This is kind of a, a fun one. But I hear it a lot. Does the Holy Spirit move my mouth? I can't tell you how many times I've been in services. I'm like, you want to count on the Holy Ghost? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, we're going to pray for it. And they're like, Sir, please stop making that face. (laughs) Listen, this is a partnership, not a hostile takeover. Let me give you an example. When Jesus called Peter out of the boat, Jesus was on the water waiting for him. He called Peter out, but Peter had to physically move in faith to meet him in the place of faith. Peter how to step out of the boat. When you want to partner with the Holy Spirit, with the heavenly language, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will have to partner with him in faith by using words and moving your mouth. So let me give you some practical advice. When you are asking God and believing in faith for this gift to manifest in your life, tell the Lord over and over how much you love him. Out loud, tell him, I love you, I love you, I love you. Tell him he's holy. Or whatever love comes out of your heart to God, listen, say something to him. Don't ask for the Holy Spirit and then hold your breath and have a staring contest with the person in front of you. I'm being funny, but what I I am saying, listen, is participate with the moment. It is this beautiful encounter that people have with the Lord. Worship, you can come and join me. Let's, Let's close with going back to our opening text. I think this is going to encourage you. We began in Mark chapter 3. It's a story of John the Baptist. John was a prophet who came as a forerunner of Jesus. He was known for telling people what they did not want to hear. 
He prepared the way for Jesus by calling people to repentance. John's message was the message of repentance. John's mother, Elizabeth, was a relative to Jesus' mother, Mary. So by natural connection, John and Jesus were relatives also. He was the foreteller, watch, prophesying that people would encounter a Holy Spirit's baptism of fire. Now, John prophesied to people that you would soon be baptized with the Holy Spirit in fire because John had already experienced this baptism. Luke chapter one, put it up on the screen. An angel comes to John's parents and gives them a warning, tells them what they need to do to raise him properly. And then even in this prophetic word, he says, this child will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Kind of destroys the argument of my body, my choice. If you believe the Bible, then you have to believe not only are you a person in the womb, but you're a spirit in the womb. Hold on. From a theological standpoint, you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost before you're born. So it goes on to say in Luke 147, I believe, should be up on the screen, that Elizabeth goes to encounter Mary. I'll help them out make sure I get it through. Luke 1, we'll start in verse 40. says, and she entered, Elizabeth entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. This is Mary, verse 41. And when Elizabeth heard the greetings of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Someone say leaped. Look at this. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She explained, exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed among women are you, blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why is this granted to me? For my mother, the Lord, should come to me, verse 44. And behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. That word leaped in the Greek means a quick movement or an expansion of territory. Watch, let me show you how this expands spiritual territory. Let me show you how this gift works. So John's mother encounters Mary who's pregnant with Jesus. And when Jesus encounters John in the womb, before they even meet in person, the spirit in John begins to leap. He's baptized in the Holy Spirit. When he's baptized in the Holy Spirit, his mother's baptized in the Holy Spirit. Watch. Then years later, about 30 years later, they're out in the wilderness. Watch. And John is talking about the one who baptized him in the Holy Spirit in fire, who would baptize them in the Holy Spirit fire. Watch what happens when you embrace the gift of speaking in tongues. It goes from you to your mama, to your family, to your friends, watch, to your city. And scripture says all of Judea was coming to hear about this baptism of Holy Ghost fire. The gift of speaking in tongues 
expands spiritual territory. Pastor Ryan, go ahead and start playing. here and our staff was praying and I heard the Lord speak to me and here's what I heard him say he said people have gossiped about me I heard a correction I say this as a loving father I heard a rebuke I don't want you to hear condemnation, but I hope your spirit hears conviction. I heard the Lord say people have gossiped or slandered the gift of tongues. And then I was reminded of Proverbs 6 where the Lord says he hates gossip. And I felt how the Holy Spirit has been grieved by the way some of us have spoken about his spirit, his gifts. I heard people mocking, people praying in tongues. I heard them in conversations, repeating other people's and other demonic spirits lies over it. And when I had this moment in the spirit, I, I didn't feel like anyone was bad because of it. It wasn't anyone that was hateful or, 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 or trying to come against God. It's just you partnered with a lie. And then you embraced it. And then you spread it. And I felt this morning that we're supposed to begin this altar moment by anyone that has spoken against tongues against the moving of the Holy Spirit, against God, and just had a moment of repentance. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place? No shame, no condemnation. You're not bad, but you're about to grow. If you have mocked tongues, various kinds, if you have not understood or not been taught right, if you've come against it, if you've shared videos that speak against it, if you have been a participant in maybe the enemy's strategy to keep the power of God from the church in any way, shape, or form, or maybe you've even just been in conversations where you just let it go around you. But right now, just in this moment, just repent to the Lord. Just ask Him to forgive you. Whoa, you know what I just felt in my spirit? It's what Pastor Kaylee talked about, the fear of man. Some of you, the fear of man, this is the deliverance moment. This is the deliverance moment. Some of you, the fear of man caused you to not defend or speak up or declare the truth on the gifts of the spirit because maybe some people came bold. Oh, religious people come really bold with their opinions. They come really bold. They don't know God, but they can tell you how he doesn't move. They, they, they come really strong. I feel right now that there's a beautiful moment right now. There's a beautiful moment. Just just don't do it in your mind. Do use your words out loud. Just, just whisper to yourself to say, I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't mean to. I apologize. 
realize that, that wasn't my heart or, or help me right now with my weakness or that fear, man, break it in me right now. Just, just, just whisper. Make sure you can hear yourself talk right now. Don't let me do this for you. I'll do it with you though. So Lord, as a church, we just repent for ever being embarrassed of you. We repent for ever being ashamed of you. And we say it now as a congregation. Come on, pray with me, mercy culture. We were not embarrassed of you. We're not ashamed of you. We love you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. And so we just repent right now as individuals. We repent as a corporate body forever grieving your spirit or ever talking down or, or dishonoring the gifts of the spirit and speaking in tongues in various tongues, any one of your gifts, Lord. And we just say right now, Lord, we value your gifts. We honor you. We honor your gifts. And we just say, Lord, from a heart that's pure before you, we're sorry. We're sorry. Oh, man. I just want to just, you don't have to if you don't want to, but I, I just feel like I'm supposed to just be a spiritual leader. If you've been embarrassed of the Holy Spirit and you want freedom, just stand to your feet. Sweet. Ah, this is the best. This is the best. This is the best. Come on. lift your hands I pray the boldness that's on me come on them <sighs> you know I just heard the Lord say the Lord just corrected me right now he said Lana it's not boldness it's just your love <laughs> people confuse me of being bold all the time I'm not I just really love him Lift your hands high, I pray. That your love, oh, nothing would get in the way of your love. Nothing would get in the way of your love. Nothing would get in the way of your love from God, your love from God, your love from God, your love for God, your love for God. I declare nothing, I declare nothing, I declare nothing, I declare no height nor depth. Nothing will separate you from his love. Nothing will get in between you and your love for him. I pray that there would be a fire. Ah, I pray there'd be a fire of your love. I pray right now a fresh love fire. I pray right now a first love fire. I pray right now that God would set you ablaze. For him, for his sake, for his name, for his fame. I pray that you would be desiring more than anything, just what he wants. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Mercy Culture Church. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd like to encourage you to share it with a friend. To learn more about us, find us on social media and online at mercyculture.com. 